When you hear the phrase first-gen American, what comes to mind? Oscar Velasquez, a first-generation American, wants to enlighten your mind to everyday life as a first-gen in today's America. There is a perception in today's society, and Oscar is going to dive in and dissect the reality of being a first-gen. Join Oscar and his guests from all walks of life, discussing their trial and tribulations in today's America. Now your host, Oscar Velasquez. Another episode of First Gen American. I hope everybody's having a happy new year. I hope you're staying safe. Here we are in my second week of quarantine, making sure that I'm doing my part to making uh, this virus slow down a little bit and hopefully it, uh, it, it goes away and we can get back to our normal lives. I'm super excited to introduce our first guest of the year 2021. This year is going to be great. I feel the energy. I feel that it's, it's a new leaf. It's a new page in our chapter. And why not have somebody positive with an amazing story like Mr. Keith? Keith, is, uh, Keith Moscow is an is a actor, producer, mental health activist, sneakerhead, which I want to dive into that. And a oh, founder, no doubt. No doubt. And no, the founder no of the Trigger Project. Keith is a co-host of the his own podcast, uh, the Living a Triggered Life podcast with his wife, Roxanne. And he also has, um, he's also an artist when it's uh, for the Elizabeth Stewart, uh, what is it, Garden? Garden uh, Museum, yeah, the Elizabeth Stewart Garden Museum. Excellent. He, uh, he strives himself within us art and social change within the black and brown community, which is amazing. And also a survivor himself of sexual abuse. Keith um, hopes to help others at the end with the stigma that, that surrounds mental health with blacks and browns, which truly commend you for that. And uh, Keith is also a co-founder of a professional black theater company, uh, the Front Porch Art Collect, uh, Collective. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Excellent, excellent. Um, also, um, let's dive in. Tell me a little bit about you. I can go on and on. I mean, you have an amazing, amazing projects within Netflix. Um, thank you for joining us, Keith. Give it, I, I want to, I want to dive. You are a man of many hats. <laughs> I, I, you know, that intro was probably one of the longest intros, but I, I admire you and I respect you for your craft and, and, and your, your outreach and your support. And I love to see individuals and I'm honored to have you. We're honored to have you on the show, uh, Keith. Take it away, man. Um, uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, uh, big shout out to Miguel Quiones, you know yeah. what I'm saying, his wife, Francellis, you know what I mean, for making the connection. And big shout out to them for the work that, that they're about to do um, in terms of their educational work and, and trying to change cultures in school, sports, and, and things like that. So um, big shout out, big shout out to them. Um, I'm honored to be here. You know, I'm here to, you know what I'm saying? I'm, it's crazy, you know what I mean? Because I've done my research on you or whatever. You threw on your leather jacket for me, so I'm really <laughs> feeling comfortable right now. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for doing your part in terms of your quarantining and things like that, because that's just important for all of us to do our part. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we can try to get back to normal, whatever that means. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I'm happy to be here. Happy Thank to be so, here. Thank you so much. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about your podcast because I'm interested as as fellow podcast, you know, with our ventures within podcasts. How has it been so far? I heard I heard a couple of the episodes. Um, I love the energy, you know, and and I just respect that the fact that you're so open. There's nothing more admirable uh, than to be open with something that touches so close to your inner soul and express it and have a platform to express it with your wife, your significant other. You know, sometimes dealing with mental health and, you know, as black and brown men, um, right. we have this stigma, this machismo, if we say it in Hispanic, that, that we just like, nah, we don't, we don't want to show our inner, our inner being. No. We don't want to show our most inner vulnerability. Right. Why would I want to do that? Like, nah, that's weak. That's weak. Right. Nah, so the fact that you're able to, have a platform and share those stories is, is truly great. What what led you to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, first of all, let me just, I didn't go back, I should introduce my, my name is Keith Basco. I'm an actor, producer, uh, co-founder of The Triggered Project. Uh, we're shattering the silence 
nurturing the healing of black and brown male survivors of abuse with the use of art. So I have a one-man show called Triggered Life, where um, that's directed by uh, uh, John Adewalia Dekoje, also uh, the main writer on it. Um, and I'm sharing my story as a survivor. Um, I also play another part um, uh, with the name of Ishmael. And that character represents for, for men, black and brown men who haven't been able to speak and haven't spoken yet about what's happened to them. Um, and so uh, we do that. We have a trauma informed talk back after that's led by my wife, Roxanne Maskell, who is a clinician and a, and a social worker and stuff like that. So that's really important. We also have, as you took the podcast, Living a Triggered Life podcast, where is a is an extension of the show where I'm talking about me, I'm talking about what it's like for me to be a survivor and being in a relationship. So me and my wife are talking about it because we've been in this long-term relationship. And we talk about what it's like and how we deal, right? And how other folks can deal with being triggered all the time. Cause it's something that happens that people don't talk about, right? She she's a she's you know, I'm Bayesian, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, with some Puerto Ricans in my family and she's Puerto Rican and it's not, it's nothing that it hasn't, it's something that has not been talked about. And so we feel like we want to help, you know, we can help folks by sharing our story. We've been in this long-term relationship and we figure it out, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's important to try to be as authentic as possible with situations right? Um, so we have the podcast. And then we're doing mental health workshops and things like that. Um, and uh, I do a inner monologue and sneaker art project um, yes. that I did this summer um, that I'm about to do in Portland, Oregon again, uh, coming this spring, um, where I'm leading, you know, young black and brown men through uh, creating their own monologue. That's to do with mental health and manhood and resiliency and stuff like that. Then they take a phrase from their monologue and three words to define them, and they write them on a custom pair of Trigger Project Air Force Ones. So, um, which has just been amazing. Um, it's a conversational piece. Uh, you know, and everybody's looking at everybody's shoes. You know what I'm saying? For the most part. Um, so, you know, so those are the three. Those are the three aspects of the Trigger Project. Of course, educating all youth and everybody else about mental health, because that's important uh, in the black and brown community, because uh, there still is a stigma. There's more conversations that's happening, um, but it's still, we still have to push it. Like you said, machismo, like there's just so much stuff that's in the way. Um, but back to the podcast. So we have, uh, we have three episodes that are up right now. Uh, the fourth will be coming soon. We have 18 that are already done, that are in the can, and so, um, with this climate, with there's so much stuff that's out there, mm -hmm. I've been trying to figure out how to how to get our niche, right? I could just I could have just dropped them, most mm -hmm. definitely. But I've been trying to you know find find the right times to continue to drop them because there's just so much stuff that's out there. I just don't want us to get lost. So I've held them a little bit uh, more than probably people normally would, but um, there's so much conversation that's being generated from them that a little bit of time between them, I, I think is, I think is great. You know, too much, too much, um, too much uh, information sometimes is a lot. Talking about trauma for 45 minutes or listening to it can be a lot as well. So I want to be respectful. We want to be respectful to that because uh, I watch a lot of podcasts. And they're just putting up information, 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 information. And there's no way for any for people to be able to keep up or even to have a rich conversation. And so having a little air between them gives us the time to be able to do that. Right. Right. You sometimes, know, sometimes when we put up on the spot, it, it's kind of hard to kind of go back into those triggers that we tried so hard to suppress. Right. So I understand that time of airing out to give ourselves that moment to recollect. Right. And to say to ourselves, it's okay to express that right. pain because right. it's part of the growth. Right. 
no question, you know, but that's a, that's a process. That's a process within itself. You know what I'm saying? And so like, um, you know, making sure that people have the space to breathe, I just think is responsible. And we always think about being responsible, even when we're doing, you know, the one man show and things like that, the aftercare is, is important. We have a resource page for people who are looking for, for black and brown clinicians and things like that. And so like, you know, we understand that, yes, there's a lot of fun in the podcast and things, but yes, it's definitely going to be triggering at certain points. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so um, it's it's just important. It's just important to us that we're always being uh, just extra responsible about um, how much we're putting out and the effects, right? The good part is, yes, we're starting this conversation, but we also want to be mindful that People might need a little space in between. And some people are talking about, you know, I want to binge, you know, I want to binge listen to, you know, all the, you know, all the podcasts, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then what? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, then what? Um, But it's been going really great. We've been really, you know, we've gotten some really great feedback and and things like that. And, you know, we're going to make a start making a big push, um, you know, more of a national push push worldwide push um for it just because the message is important you know what i'm saying there's so many stars and stuff that are talking about habits talking about this topic you know we're looking when we're going to get our chance you know what i'm saying to be able to get this to get this message out um in a different way you know what i'm saying you know what i what what i find um is after we do the shows and talk about deep topics like this, especially when it comes to mental health. And Jasmine can attest to this, that we want to dive a little deeper into it. And when we do, and we finally have the platform to open up, after we're done with the show, after we're done with this interview, we look around and we're like, all right, what's next? Because there's much more to be done. And then for Blacks and Browns, there's still no outlet to be like, I just unloaded so much personal information, something that I've, you know, suppressed from the majority of my life that I tried so hard to suppress, especially right. with the balance of mental illness today, you know, the virus and, and everything that's right. gone in my past. Right. What can we do more for our community? Right. For the, for the Browns. What can we do for the Hispanic community? Latin, especially, you know, in, the, in, in our community, which is a big stigma of suppressing those. No, that's just... Right anxiety you know yeah right but it's been right it's been and so here's the i mean here's the thing because i you know i i understand it you know what i'm saying you know being being caribbean and things like that i understand it you know what i'm saying from from you know like i said having having puerto ricans in my family i understand it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like it's been the survival tactic though right mm-hmm. it's been our survival tactic for us to be able to get through generations by being able to tuck those mm-hmm. those things right Right. And so it's intergenerational trauma mm. is, what, is what is what it is. Right. And so, you know, our grandparents and our parents only told us so much. Right. right? Because they wanted to protect us. Mm. But they also want to protect themselves from having to deal with what they had to tuck to survive. Right. Right. This generation is not working as much. That's not working for us to just tuck this stuff and keep moving. Right. We have to find a way to continue to, to talk. We have to find ways. That's the thing about using art, writing. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, writing, having young men write monologues and things like that to be able to get, to get out those feelings, right? To meditate, to dance, right? Music is a huge thing, right? You know, music is huge, right? right? People don't talk about how therapeutic dancing is. Right, how big it is in in, in the culture, yeah. right? There's no, especially in the Latin culture, music is everything, right? Right, you know, and so it's really using it's using things that we love to help us be able to help us be able to get through and um, encourage folks to use everything that we love to do that, mm-hmm. right? There's no, there's no, there's no question, there's no question about that because that's what's been happening. But people just didn't really talk about it and be specific and be intentional and be intentional about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what's crazy while you were speaking? um, 
what 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 hit me was that our pain inspires for other cultures pleasure but suppresses, mm. but suppresses so much more death and pain that makes us passive right well that's a good point yeah it's crazy yeah you're right you're absolutely you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you're absolutely right with that there is yeah there is and also too the other thing is is you know, if we're sharing the bigger culture, right. so to speak, they don't want to hear it. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, you know, trying to do the show and stuff, people are like, well, you know, go." I went to some friends and stuff and asked them, hey, look, I'm going to try to do this show. And people are like, well, who's going to come see it? Yeah. Who's going to come see it? Right. You know, who's going to see you? Uh, I don't know if that's going to sell tickets. Like, this may be for just a specific audience. And stuff like that. So, like, heck yeah! It's, we're not encouraged. We're not encouraged to have these conversations. We're not encouraged to get right with ourselves, right? As we think about Black Lives Matter movement and everything else that's going on, we always talk about these huge, big things that need to happen, right? Mm -hmm. What's the next? What are we gonna do next? The next thing we need to do is take care of our goddamn selves, right? Right? That's a political so act within itself. Mm -hmm. You got to get right with yourself before you can get right with anybody else, right? August Wilson said that, famous playwright, right? That's what it's about. If we're all doing our part and taking care of ourselves and our mental health and our families and things like that, mm -hmm. then then it's easier for us to come to the table and collaborate, right? right? But it's a political act. Folks, the bigger, the bigger culture doesn't want us to, to be right. They don't want us to have... To, to 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 meditate in the morning, you know what I'm saying, and you know, and, and take a salsa break and, and and get it in and dance and be free, you know what I'm saying. They they don't want that groundedness because then you know what that brings, that brings togetherness. Mm -hmm. If we right? if we if we're being too rowdy and being too open about our pain, then we're being dramatic. Right. If we're pursuing our passion, we're being too cocky. Right. Well, yeah. Right. There's never the in between. How, what, tell me a little bit about, you know, what led Keith, what led his Keith's past to how you're living today and, and introducing that to the world? What led to all of this? Because yeah, I mean, you. I've been talking to you for about less than 10 minutes and I feel like we've connected in like in a deeper, deeper level because I feel like a lot of individuals like ourselves you know, our, our, you know, the blacks, the browns, our, our community needs to express this openly and not see it as a point of weakness, but well, as a of more. So what led to all of this? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me jump. First of all, let me give a shout out to my homegirl, Taniqua, because Taniqua, is, she's on here watching live right now. One of our biggest supporters and hey, stuff like that. So I just got to give I just got to give love to Taniqua because, you know, she's she's there no matter what. You know what I'm saying? She was at our our our, our event. Uh, a couple of months ago and stuff. It's just a big supporter. So let me just give love. Let me just give love to that. But here's one thing, right? And I'll answer your question, but I want to go back to the comment that you made, right? And for us is for us is a black and brown man, right? Uh, and I've talked about this a lot. That what we what we how we were raised and how we learned about manhood mm -hmm. is the exact thing that's in the way of our healing. Right. And it was in the way of my it was in, way, in the way of mine. Right. In terms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, not being able to be in our feelings when something happened to us when we were younger. You know what I mean? You know, like, you know, you're crying for some, you hit your shoe, you, you hit your knee. Oh, you're fine. Get up. Move. Right. Mm -hmm. Anytime you had those emotions, we were never allowed. Our culture doesn't allow us time to be able to go through that process. Mm. and then move, right? That doesn't necessarily happen. And so it's difficult for us, right? We look around and see the men in, in our lives and things, and it's always tough. It's always machismo. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, right? Hold it close to the vest mm -hmm. and things like that. So we have to figure out for ourselves how we define our own manhood, how we define our own strengths, and take the positive or what works for us and figure out the rest, right? Because yeah. redefining the manhood is part of the self-work, yeah. right? And enables us to be authentic. 
as we can be and not worry about that. But that also means that you're involved with somebody else that gives you that opportunity to be able to do that, right? Because that's the other thing that's important because there is pressure also from whoever you mess with right? as well. Any other men that you're around and things like that. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are the, those are the, those are the things that are important. Now back to your question. Um, I think that it's my abuse has been in my way most of my life in terms of even in terms of my acting career and things like that. And I got to a point where I got to a real low point. Right. And I had to do something. My wife had been talking to me about it, you know, you know, whatever. She had been in therapy, keeping her going to therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got to a point where I had a decision to make. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was either it was going to eat me up and destroy me and everything. Or I had to make a choice for my relationship. Right. And I had to make a choice for myself that I needed to be in a better place. And um, that was a that was a huge step. Right. You know, and uh, that was a big that was kind of a turning point, a turning point for me uh, because I had to start to do the work. Um, and, you know, I had I was uh, I'm in a movie called Confused by Love um, on Amazon Prime and uh, we went to France. I went to France with the movie for a festival. And that was another another thing as well that changed my life because creating my own work was important, mm. right? And um, I, you know, working with John Alwale Adekoje has been great, and some of that, you know, our synergy is great, and we've been creating our own. But to see the appreciation in France for artists blew me away, but it also inspired me that I needed to do more. Mm. But I knew I wanted to do more and continue to try to try to help at the same time. And so um, I got brought into a project. It was a short. John brought me in on it. It's called Red Monster. It was dealing with sexual abuse. And I played the abuser in it, which is insane. And wow. that started a conversation um, with uh, part of the folks who had wrote it and stuff like that. And um, uh, it was, you know, that was, that was a huge step. One, just to play that part, but also too, like, well, what happens now? Right. And I've been talking with my wife about how to use art as a learning tool for social workers and things like that. And so I was like, honey, I think this is the opportunity. Once we started to have that conversation, then it was like, oh, we were developing this one man show with something with, you know, uh, interviews and, and something that had been written. And then so John Owale Adekaje asked me for my story. And I'd already been writing in general and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then I said, okay. There wasn't, there wasn't, because there's so much trust and so much love between me and him, mm-hmm. like I'm an open book and I always have been. So it was nothing for me to turn it over. But once I turned it over, then I think that was the beginning of me really, truly finding my voice. Uh, and, you know, once once you really started talking about it, you, I mean, it's, being naked is not really that big of a deal anymore because when you expose your soul, because mm. I expose my soul when I do the show, right? I'm exposing my soul right now as I'm, as I'm sharing, you know, and saying I'm a, you know, I'm a survivor of abuse. I've been abused you know, sexually as a black and brown male. To say that within itself is a lot. What does that mean, right? You know what I mean? People talk about sexuality, all kind of different things happen. We go like, don't talk about that. What you talking about that for? And so um, finding, finding my voice through the project has been, you know, has been amazing. And that that got me to look back at everything, right? I've been playing parts always where it's a voice that hasn't been heard before. It's a voice that needs to be heard, needs to be heard, right? And so when I look back at all these roles, all my roles are all similar in terms of it, 
right? And I was like, wow, I've been doing this work without even really understanding what I was doing, right? I've always been talking about folks' trauma. I've always been talking about people's secrets. I've always been, um, they've always been deep roles. And I was like, wow, how can I do more, right? And that's what happened. You know, I, I, you know, with, and that's how the podcast came. And that's how doing the work with the young black and brown men and creating voices for, for them. Because um, it's kind of like once you open the box, you can't close it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And like, there's no, I don't have any fear. I don't have any fear anymore about talking about it. Um, and it's difficult for sure, because it's, you know, families involved and, and things like that, which makes it even more difficult because we know about those family secrets, right? We know about those family secrets in our community, you mm. know, like, you know, that shh, that's yeah. us, don't talk about it, right? We know people in our family who, who are abusers, right? We know that uncle or that aunt or whatever yeah. is something that we don't talk about mm -hmm. that we know and so that's that's hard as well. It's isolating at some point to yeah. speak the truth. You feel me? Mm. It's isolating. It's lonely at certain times because when you speak the truth, other people go in the other way. They go the other way. But man up, man up, don't expose us and don't expose yourself to the most vulnerability. I want to go back to the moment where you said you felt your lowest, lowest. So you were and you had your wife that's I'm assuming she's your everything, she's your rock. You know, because she's your wife, and 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 me and my wife go through some similar uh, things when I've been in my lowest, dealing with mental health and everything. And right. when you, I feel like when you're at your lowest, you have nowhere to go, left, right. It's only up. And in order to feel better and rise up from that pain, I feel that you have to truly expose yourself and say, you know what, I surrender. These circumstances that have happened to me are not who I am, but the experiences and the knowledge that will give me the power and the strength to rise up for a better me. Mm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, yo, that's, I mean, that's, that, that's real, but, you know, there's the acknowledgement, right? The acknowledgement mm. of it. Yes, is the shame and the acknowledgement. Ownership. And, you know, yes. Yes, my wife, Roxanne Maskell, she's the shit. You know what I'm saying? She's the bomb. Like, there's no... There's no question, there's no question about that at all. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's so much love and support that's there that it's ridiculous. But yeah. you know, as you know, as, as, a, as, as a Puerto Rican woman, you should let me know what the situation is. <laughs> there's a balance. There's so much love. There's yeah. so much love that's there. But you know what? She should tell me the truth too, without, without, without any hesitation. Right. And I respect that. It's important. It's important. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, she cradled me. Yes, we bonded together. But she was definitely like, you need to deal with your ish. Yeah, absolutely. As well, that was the that was the that was also the, the support. You know, I had to choose me, but I had to choose us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like that, that's that's important. You know, it definitely made me, you know, it definitely is, is made me a, a, a better person, you know, and, and a better husband and, you know, a better man and, and things like that. And it's a continuous, it's a continuous journey, right? I'm humbled every day. I, I don't feel like I got it all figured out because I don't, you know, but I want to share what, what I have learned. You know, I want to talk about the process. So hopefully some other people can, you know, uh, can, can be inspired you know, to try to do the same thing in their own way. Because I think that's the other thing that's important. People have to figure out what their wellness package is, right. what works for them, right? It's not about just following what somebody else has done, so to speak. It's figuring out what works for you, mm -hmm. right? And if their therapy is always say this is probably part of it, but it's not everything, right? People just like, yeah, just go to therapy. No, it's no, it's not, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you do when you first get up in the morning? You know what I'm saying? Are you meditating? Are you listening to music? Like, what are you doing? What are the things that make you feel good, right? That are healthy. You know what I'm saying? Because we can, it's easy to find stuff that's not healthy, but can you mm -hmm. find things that are healthy? Mm -hmm. 
right? And like, that's a process. Mm. You know, when we're off balance, how do we get ourselves back to, you know, back to, you yeah, know, no. Right. And so that's where that's where the sneaker stuff comes in. Right. That's where this that's where the sneaker stuff comes in, because I had to look back at, you know, like, how did I how did I become the sneakerhead? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I started to really think about it. And it was like, damn, you know, when I was like seven, when I was like eight or nine or whatever, it was like having one of my worst days. And I didn't have I was playing soccer or whatever. I didn't have any cleats on the day. Mm-hmm. And the the teacher gave me a pair of Nikes, right? And as soon as I put my foot in them, all of a sudden, I felt powerful. I mm. felt different. I couldn't feel any of the pain because I felt grounded. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so like, from there, I kept looking for that, for that ground, how to be grounded, how to be secure. You know what I'm saying? And so like, you know, getting a fresh pair of shoes, you got that, so looking for that same feeling, mm. right? And so, you know, I was always, you know, like really, you know, brand focused, whatever, because, you know, with the Nikes, like that was, that was it. You know, I felt, you know, if I felt pretty good walking through the day, like it would get me through. And so that was my first form of therapy was uh, sneaker therapy, as I call it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I got a documentary that's coming out and, and things like that and merch and all kind of stuff. But like no one's having that conversation. You know, people talk about, well, how many pairs of shoes do you have? And all the rest of that stuff. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that don't mean a damn, that don't mean a daggone thing. What is, mm-hmm. what is behind it? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's the conversation that we're going to have is, well, um, what happened to you? Right? What happened, what happened to you around the time that you started getting into sneakers? That's, the, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the question. What are you trying to fill? What what led to what led to the inspiration, the pursuit of this expression, you know, within the arts? Be, besides besides because I mean we're we're speaking when I hear you speak, we're connecting in so many levels: art, mental health. I'm a designer myself. Right. You you're an artist in your own lane. Like I see, you know, that inspiration that that shoe for the first cleat was those those new Jordans that my mom couldn't afford. That finally she surprised me with, and I'm like. I was just blown away because I was just like, I know how much you sacrifice for these shoes. Right. And just, you know, that inspiration for, for that, that yearning, that moment that you want to express that to others by your creation. Right. What is that? You know what? It's part of me. You know what I'm saying? It's always a part of me. And, you know, big shout out to my man, Reggie Perry. He's up there in Nashua. You know what I'm saying? He's on here right now. What's up, baby? Um, I always <laughs> got to give a shout out to people when they come and give you love. Um, but I think, I think with the, you know, the arts in general for me was definitely an outlet to be able to be able to, to be able to come, become somebody else is always been a, a dope thing to me. You know what I'm saying? It's in our culture, laughter in the black and brown cultures. It's in, it's in us, laughter, imitations, being silly and stuff like that was really great. And I've always expressed myself through my style right, through my shoes and things like that. And um, I just think I just started to become more intentional once I, once, once I realized the why. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now it, now it means, more, now it's more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, now I look at things differently, right? I don't need as many, I don't need the shoes as much. I don't really need the shoes because I'm healthier, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. I got to, I, even though I have the, the sneaker boutique barbershop downstairs, that's a different conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no, there's no question about it, you know. Um, but it's another way. It's another way to have the conversation now. It's another way to have the conversation about how to express yourself. It's another way to have a conversation about mental health. It's another mm. conversation to uh, to express that pain. Exactly. Express that pain. And so that's the whole thing. My shoes were my pain. Yeah. I was wearing my pain on my damn feet. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And like, but it was silent, right? In so many ways, I was screaming out loud and nobody heard me. Right. How many other people are out there that 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 are the same way as just like me? Designers, you know, comedians. Right, exactly. And people they talk about it all the time that a lot of their stuff, a lot of their material comes from their pain. Mm. And 
Um, I think a lot of my stuff also comes from my joy as well, because yes. I have been surrounded by a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. I have been, I've been surrounded by so many talented people in general. It's hard not to want to continue to create. And I have, but I feel like since I've been freed up that, you know, it's on a whole new level and I'm actually controlling most of it. You know what I'm saying? I've been living this COVID life. One thing I did, we didn't talk about that I just say is also is that I've been sick for the last three and a half years. I've been wow. dealing with complications from shingles. And so there's a lot of nerve pain uh, and fatigue and whatever. So I've been living this COVID life for a while, but I had to, I had to continue to create mm-hmm. and create in different ways than I ever had before. I was strictly just, you know, an actor and, and things like that. Yeah, you know, style and whatever, but you know, I started developing. I have my own line of clothes, you know, for the Trigger Project, as you can see. Yeah, I see. I, I was gonna ask you about that shirt. That shirt's dope, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and whatever. And I got a big, you know, I got a big one on the back, but I started developing stuff. You know, I have my own logo. My my sneaking nickname is K Swoosh. You know what I'm saying? So I have my own logo. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we got it's all dead. It's all dead. I got shoes. So I started creating differently, yeah. right? In all kind of different ways, you know, and you know, sometimes when you get pushed to be isolated, it forces you to be better, right? We should be better coming out of this. We shouldn't be worse, Absolutely. right? But we also have to have the resources to be able to help us deal. And that's the other thing that's difficult right now. We're talking about black and brown communities, the resources for folks to be able to get help, right? right? And be able to get help figuring out like I said, what that wellness package is, right? Where are people going, right? People can go if they're looking for resources, they're looking for therapists or whatever, they can go to www.triggeredone.com and find resources, you know what I'm saying, across the nation and, and, and things like that, you know, because that is important. You know, right now there's free services for everybody. I don't know if folks know that. I'm not sure if they are... Um, if that, if they have that in New Hampshire, I know they have it, you know, out here and stuff like that, where I am, you know, in Boston and stuff, you know, you can get free services right now, free service to be able to talk to somebody because the anxiety is real. Absolutely. And everything is heightened because of COVID. Yeah. COVID. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And stuff like that. So, you know, I got another supporter that just jumped on. What's up, Stephanie? Thanks for the <laughs> love, girl. You always gotta, you know, these are my, some of my biggest supporters are on and you gotta give, you know. You got to give that love to people. Speaking about designs, and I, I heard that you have a private collection uh, that led to a, to your own boutique. Yes. How does that work? Tell me a little bit about that. That's exciting, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, the collection is crazy. Um, I used to be in the industry a little bit, so I was able to get a lot of free shoes and, and things like that or whatever, so I've always had this collection. But I've always, you know, one of the side things is I've cut hair. You know what I'm saying? My mother was a stylist or whatever. So I've been cutting hair for for uh, for a good, you know, for a good while. And so I got inspired to make the Nike barbershop. So I have a lot of artifacts and stuff that people haven't seen, uh, promotional uh, light boxes and all kind of stuff. Because that's the other thing that I loved about the culture was that art part of it, right? And for me, you know, seeing, you know, a dope sign of Jordan and, and different things in the stores and whatever, like that would hype you up. I wanted that stuff in the crib. I wanted it. So I have all, I have Nike chairs, I have a clock, I got a bench. You know what I'm saying? I have stuff that folks have not, probably have never seen before. And so I assembled the sneaker boutique. You know what I mean? And um, that, you know, it's a it's, it's something that's still evolving. You know what I mean? And um you know, with a shoe room, you know, with, with stuff in plastic, you know, you know, because you gotta you always gotta pay respects to those mom and pop stores in yeah, New yeah. York. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, and uh, you know, it's my place to it's my place to go and do what I do. You know what I mean? And you know, my wife, like I said, Roxanne Mass with a bomb, no question. You know, Bronx, <laughs> New York, stand up. And uh, she's always support she's always supported me being me. And so that was when we were looking for the crib and whatever, like that was that was important to her because that was important to me. Right. Mm-hmm. She got her own kicks and is sneaking ahead in her own way or whatever. But like being able to she's always 
created space for me and I've always created space for her to always be who she who she needs to be, yeah. not who I want her to be, but who she needs to be. Right. And, you know, as a Latina, that's important. Right. With the stigma on machismo men in her life and whatever, like I always promised her, I will never get in the way of anything that you want to do as a man. Because we know that happens. That happens in Latin culture a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Women get silenced. Right. They don't get to do what they what they need to do. So I don't know what they want to do is what they need to do for themselves. Right. You know, and stuff like that. So like that's a beautiful thing. And so, the, you know, the boutique is the boutique is is crazy. I don't talk about it as much just because I don't need I don't need somebody trying to figure out where it is and come see it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need somebody to be knocking on my door, trying to come down and be like, yo, let me check it out. No, because <laughs> You know, when I want to add up, you know, I want to, you know, talk about dollar signs and whatever from just the artifacts alone, like, like it's, like, it's, it's, it's time to stop inspiring these big companies for free. I mean, look, I mean, people say it all the time, but you, uh, you know, you paid by Nike, like people, you know what I'm saying? People talk about that all the time just because like, yeah, it's like, it is, it is bananas. You know, it is, it is, you know, they should have, they should have been paying me a long, long time ago. Like, there's no, like, Nike, people are like. Check. Cut the check, Nike, if you're watching. Look, look here's what, I, look, but here's, but here's the thing too, right? Let me tell you, let me tell you how serious this is. Ooh. Okay. Do you know what that is? And it's that's okay if you say no. It's a, a no, but it's a, like that's a Nike. Okay. This is the home office. This is the home office in Oregon of Nike, right? And so we were there and we somehow, and someone, uh, one of my, Stephanie says she hears an echo. I turned down my volume, I don't know if that's yours, but this is at, but this is at the home office. This is at the home office in, at Nike. So here's me, that's me being stupid. Like I'm praying to mm -hmm. the swoosh. That's how serious it is. I'm just saying the fact that I took that picture, which is absolutely ridiculous, like I made it to Mecca, the Nike tells you the situation. That tells you the situation. What That's what's it. what's your favorite pair of sneakers? I just well here's the thing I'll tell you. So I got married in eleven. Oh okay okay. <laughs> okay. I got married in eleven. You know what I'm saying? So like you know elevens are special. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They also, you know, they got me, they got me through certain things. When I lost my father and whatever else, like they got me through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I got married three days after he died. You know what I'm saying? I had to wear my I had to wear my elevens to get me through. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? I'm gonna hit you with I'm gonna hit you with the cover of the book. Boom. There's the cover of the book. This is exclusive. This is exclusive. This is an exclusive. That's the cover of the book, right? With my man Jesse Rao, that's helped me with it. Like, Yo, your vision for execution is is on par, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just, you know what I mean. I'm just letting y'all know how we get down. So when we talk about merch, we talk about merch and living a trigger life podcast. This is what we, this is what we talking about right now, that's right? Because there's the merch and there's the forces that go with it. That's dope. You know what Listen, I'm saying? I, I know Jasmine is listening. So Jasmine, we need to get our camera guy and we need to do a day in the life, an extended exclusive after all this is over because I, I don't think that one hour is, I mean, we can't cover this guy's life in one hour. I'm giving you a little bit more. I'm giving you a little glimpse into that. This is, this is an exclusive. So you don't have the Joker moment. You gotta have, you gotta get one of your Joker moments. You know what I'm saying? In there like Fat Joe on his show. Yeah. But here's, here's just a little, this is a little taste of the boutique. There's a couple of shots. There's the, the artifacts and the jerseys. You know what I'm saying? That's just a little, that's a little something of the boutique. This is, this is never, this has never been seen. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying? Before, but because, you know what I'm saying? We on first gen, we making sure to give you all yeah. the exclusive, right? So here's the thing, right? The other thing I talk about, I thought about as well is like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Second generation Bayesian, no question. Right, but I am the first generation that's talking about my trauma. Mm. First generation talking about the trauma. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's like that's. I was like, you know, like where's the where's the real connection with it, right? right. That's the real connection, right? And that's also what you're doing. You're being real as a first generation. You're the first generation that's having this platform, mm-hmm. right? To give other people the platform to be able to talk about what needs to be talked about, Absolutely. right? Like that is like I commend you on what you're doing because that is incredibly powerful to be able to do that. Thank you. Man. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, you know, there's a lot of firsts. Right. Absolutely. It's crazy. Cause we were talking to Jasmine about it and we were like, it could be first generation, first gen American could be first gen anything, first generation business owner, right. first generation to talk about mental health and their community and, and moving right. forward to be right. able to educate our people and to be able to have a platform to share, which right. Is, is truly amazing. You are a well-rounded, well-balanced, finding your thrive in life and truly inspiring. What is What keeps you going and humbled and centered without, because sometimes we talk about mental health, right? right. And what we're talking about mental health is like, okay, mental health check, balance. All right, right. how's my marriage? How's my creativity? How's my balance within my center? And how, how do you maintain that all, man? Because I'm like, I, I myself, I see a lot of similarities. Like, I myself have the clothing brand. And to find inspiration within that, with, with everything that's going on, and to keep moving and to keep saying, how do you find that balance, man? What's your routine? Like, it, it's, constant, it's, a, it's a constant challenge. Mm. Right? It's a constant challenge. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Understanding my purpose. Mm. I think it's important, right? Being able to work out and, and stuff like that, getting outside, music, dancing, right. you know what I'm saying? Which I need to do more, which I haven't done as much since I've been sick. Um, you know, being able to practice loving myself mm. is important, but also spending time with Roxanne is really important and incredibly healing. Like mm. that love, to be genuinely loved by somebody is huge to be vulnerable and be just love right right yeah be vulnerable but also having someone giving you the space to be vulnerable you know what i'm saying because and sometimes it gets difficult because if i feel like i need to fall apart for a second then what does that mean for her if i'm her rock right Mm -hmm. and the other way around exactly so then i gotta figure it out for a second you know what i mean i'm like no 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 let me just fall apart for two seconds and then i'm gonna bring it back together Mm. you know what i'm saying but like right and there's just always more work to do right there's no reason for me not to be humble there's no reason for me not to be humble it's just there's no doesn't mean there's no status in anything right i feel like right and who i am as a person is more important than anything else and if i can use my art to help people i want to do that Right. That that keeps that keeps that that passion, the passion for that going. Right. And I've just been blessed with some people, some great people being around me, but also just being, you know, having great projects. One thing I didn't even talk about, which I'll talk about really quickly, is my connection to New Hampshire. Mm. I do work in Portsmouth at the Moffat Lad House. Right. And we have been for the last five years and we should be on like. We should be on um, 60 Minutes or whatever else. And do you know about the ancient burial ground, African burial ground in Portsmouth? You ever heard about it? We touched base a little bit about it with Jasmine yesterday, but I I do know a, a little bit about the trail. Uh, that, yeah, that, the Black Heritage Trail? Exactly, yep. yeah. Black Heritage Trail is, is great with, with Jerry Ann and, and um, Valerie Cunningham has been doing a lot of work and stuff like that. But I've been working with the you know, uh, the reaching for truth, the exploring the issue of slavery in the era of African-American revolution with Barbara Ward. And I've been helping students in Portsmouth, in Portsmouth create scripts from true history of African, African-Americans so they can understand their contribution uh, to Portsmouth and in New Hampshire. And wow. like, I've been up there for the last, last five years, I've been doing this work um, and it's been absolutely amazing. You know what I'm saying? So I spent a good amount of time in going back and forth to New Hampshire. <laughs> I love Portsmouth. Which is bananas. And Portsmouth, there's a lot of great history. Yeah. A lot of great history that's there. But the history of black and brown folks has been tucked away. 
exactly needs to be talked about more right. and like we've been doing this work which has just been amazing you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and like going into schools you know like that's a difficult climate you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and stuff like that and so like th- those those projects inspire me that inspires me those things that work right also being able to do you know august wilson monologue work with honor the data company that i'm doing right now like that inspires me to continue to to continue to continue to work right and you know doing things like this being able to talk and hopefully inspire people that that keeps me that keeps me going and um my desire to want to heal completely and i have it I have it I'm still on the journey but this work but this work is connected to it right I talk that, that you're able to say that and still within your art and still finding your way and still finding creativity and and still be grounded and humble enough you're truly inspiring for for that you know you're truly inspiring we all are dealing with something especially That's now right. i mean let me rephrase that we've always been dealing with something no question heightened now with this no pandemic question. which we have to enclose ourselves to protect ourselves but deal right. with our own mental health right. which which is in a, a battle within, within itself and and we and, right. and for some of the guys and girls that are listening out that are out there that are suffering in silence please we're going to put the link uh in the below www.triggered1.com correct right exactly yeah and listen you know listen also listen to the podcast you know like we're being completely honest and transparent you know what i'm saying about about everything and that's important right using that other medium right we're trying to use different mediums right we use film use stage you know well you know this other you know other different aspects of art that we're going to use as well but being able to listen and being inspired is important right and so we're on all the platforms spotify and stuff like that but you can find us easy at you know triggered1.com as well you know what i'm saying like it's like it's you know like this like this this is this is this is my life now You have so many projects and I mean we're coming up to the hour you have so many projects I want you to shout them out so people can follow you on all platforms what what do you have you have how many podcasts you have you have one with your wife and one, one for- podcast living a triggered life podcast you find us on Apple uh Spotify Stitcher you know what I'm saying just google us you can also just google me Keith Maskell M A S C O L L Keith Maskell on Twitter Keith Mask I'll try to make it easy for everybody. Keith Mask on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? And uh that's the easiest way to find us. Just go to the website www.triggered1.com. You'll find out everything. You want to find out about me personally? Go to www.keithmask.com. You'll get links to all that stuff. 